1: So I'm at the Bowling Point booth with um, a fine-looking gentleman here. He was a former guest. He phoned in a number of times. And he has agreed to come on the Bowling Point as guest host with me, Dave Vale. Maybe you
2: could... uh, Well, how do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Wayne Jago. And Wayne, you were a guest. Yes. Two times. Twice. You've had me back, which surprised me. And (laughs) I always thought this glorious sound studio was this little cave that used to talk about a sweatshop. So I see a little closet. That must have been the previous.
1: That was one. And um, and one was in, in the name of the bowling point came from this little <laughs> tiny thing that we would huddle in. And uh, we would, and you know, as the story goes, we would bring our, you know, make sure we had T-shirts on because uh, the shirts would be coming off and jacks <laughs> And had, at a certain point, we'd be sweating too much and it was over. And that's why we named it the Bowling Point. So this is luxurious.
2: This is, wow.
1: Yeah. It's posh. It's, it's up and, there. And we can actually have more than two people in the booth. So we have two more people with us, uh, Mike and Jan George. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you avid avid listeners of the boiling point podcast i understand there you go <laughs> <laughs> um, no and we you guys have amazing story um, and as as i mentioned kind of before we got going we always like our guests to introduce themselves because they do a much better job than us introducing you so maybe you could introduce yourselves to the listeners really quick and and we can uh, we can just learn more about you guys
3: okay yeah, absolutely I'll go first. Sounds good. Um, as you said, my name is Jan George, and uh, I guess by day I'm a finance manager, but uh, so much more to life than just what we do for the uh, uh, biweekly paycheck. We, uh, Mike and I have three adult children, and uh, our youngest son, Ben, who's been uh, in the media quite a bit of late. Uh, ben was born with a host of problems. Uh, he's now 25 years old. And we have lived a life of being not only an advocate for Ben, but capturing as we go through life, all of the things that parents have to go through when they're raising a child with significant disabilities. And in recent years, we've decided to share that information with people. And that's what sort of leads us here today.
1: Awesome.
4: And I'm Mike George. By day, I'm an IT consultant and as Jan said, we've have three young adult children, and Ben's the only one living at home with us now. But he's he's truly transformed our lives and uh, sort of what's important and what we what we want to do. And I guess the as Jan re- referenced, you know, it, it's we somehow found this drive to you know break down barriers for him, and in doing so, we learned all kinds of things and realized that there's lots of families out there that you know, just needs a little bit of support to break down those barriers for themselves too. And that's really what we're, what we're all about. Right on.
1: And, um, how old is Ben now?
4: Uh, he'll be 25 in another month or so.
1: So, so 25 years ago, or like maybe, it, I mean, I'd love to hear a little, like I, and actually, by the way, I've read, I read your book. Thanks. Um, So Third Time Lucky, so you can get what on like Amazon. You can, yeah. And stuff. Yep. Um, so that's Mike's book. So I have more than a little knowledge of the story, but how would you guys quickly kind of maybe talk about the start of Ben's life? Cause I mean, this is a quarter century ago yeah. and I'm thinking how much time's changed, but maybe things haven't changed so much either. Right. And, and hence the need to to help people out and support people.
4: Well, it's interesting you say that because all of Ben's problems were caused by a virus called CMV and it's actually the leading viral cause of disabilities in newborns worldwide, but nobody knows about it. Really? And we really didn't focus on that. It was more of, How do we help him, you know, achieve things and and develop? And about four or five years ago, um, I actually, um, somebody through Facebook found my book, who was another CMV mom. And she said, oh, we have the CMV Facebook group. And so even though I'm not a mom, they asked me to join it. And uh, what I learned there, though, is that not a lot has changed around sort of what how families are supported Hmm. and even the, you know. development of any sort of preemptive or vaccines or anything around cmv there has been some progress but over the last 25 years it's really no different than it was when when ben was born and which was quite surprising actually
1: like why would that be I wonder
4: i have no idea um it's uh you know i mean you've heard a lot in the news about zika virus right and how it causes microcephaly and and those sorts of things well cmv actually causes microcephaly you know hundreds of times more frequent than that, but yet that seemed to be where all the uh, the focus was. And now actually there has been quite a movement in the U.S. There's a, a CMV foundation that tries to get different states to do proper screening because that can help in the sort of the prevention of it and just general knowledge of it. But uh, um, I don't know. It's an interesting question, interesting problem, and no one seems to really know the answer to that.
2: I, I, I was amazed uh, actually when I uh, was doing a little bit of research And found out that when this came about, how uh, even doctors were scared to treat Ben uh, because they weren't sure what CMB was. Now, that had to have been a bit of a shock.
3: It was. um, In fact, when when Ben was born in the early 90s, um, the AIDS discussion hadn't quite developed to where it is today. And at that time, AIDS patients who were immune compromised, th- their cause of death, unfortunately, was often contracting CMV. And so, in a smaller center like St. John, you know, for the many times that Ben was hospitalized, he was treated in a quarantine-like sort of patient environment because uh, doctors didn't know exactly how to treat him. As time passed, however, um. What we came to realize was that CMV was secondary to the fact that brain damage had been caused by the virus, and whether that brain damage is a result of lack of oxygen or or anything else, essentially Ben had cerebral palsy, and that's what we had to focus on, the fact that his body didn't function well because his brain hadn't developed well. What caused it initially? You know, we grew further and further away from that and became more focused on the fact that now he has a disability. We know that it's going to be long term. What are the things that we have to do to bring him to his full potential? And and as I said earlier, to advocate for him.
1: And for, for people like they're listening are kind of curious about Ben's current condition. Like they, you, you mentioned, I think early, earlier that there's like a, he's a bit of a social media phenomenon right now. So like how, how ways that people could kind of get a sense of, you know, who Ben is and what he looks like in a day in Ben's life, like what would be ways for them just as I'm thinking as, cause again, I have a sense of it and, and you know, as a listener, you wouldn't have a sense of it at this point. So what, how would, how would that happen through your Facebook page or?
4: Yeah. So there is a Facebook page called third time lucky and it, and it kind of started out as um, kind of a, um, a companion to the book, which at the time I thought, well, I really don't have time to post anything. It's, you know, that's nice to have. But, mm-hmm. and then kind of at the, towards the tail end of his high school graduation, it became um, a bit of a, oh, here, we have something to talk about now. How to sort of him prepping to get uh, ready for that and all the things we had to do. Mm-hmm. And little by little, the likes grew mm-hmm. and people kind of wanted to see, you know, okay, that's really interesting. That's, that's, thanks for sharing that. And it just kind of became part of, okay, now that he went into, you know, university studies mm-hmm. and all the things that it just sort of grew from there. So it's kind of a bit of a, um, I guess, a journal of his journey, um, really since high school to now. And some of the great things that have happened, including, you know, the uh, the, the film that was produced and all the lead up to that and all the things that uh, um, that he sort of does in the run of a day, you can get a better sense, you know, by, by looking at those stories.
1: And it's, it's, it is an inspirational story for people outside of your family, you know, and I'm sure it's inspiring. It must be inspiring. What have you guys learned through this? I mean, you've been supporting, not giving up, you know, um, battling the system, right? To a degree.
3: We've been surprised. Perhaps I've been more surprised than Mike. Mm -hmm. Um, as you mentioned earlier, Mike wrote a book about the first five years of Ben's life. And and when he started the book, I was, let me say, extremely reluctant to have this book published because it was so very personal. Right. And uh, I didn't think that really anyone would be interested in it. Um, and then as time has passed and it's gone from the book to the Facebook page to now the film, what we're realizing is just how many people out there far and wide are hungry for this information probably just as we were uh 25 years ago but then of course there wasn't the same social media presence as there is today Mm -hmm. Um, but we're amazed at the people that have contacted us especially after the release of the film um in you know various places throughout the world in various walks of life with different issues that are really looking for uh people to help them with how to cope with that so it's been, it has been both surprising and, and inspiring.
1: Not, you're not surprised though, Mike.
3: <laughs> well, I mean. it's not all coming. It,
4: <laughs> no, I didn't see it all No, absolutely not. I mean, I, I, I kind of had a sense for that. You know, I've got to put this out there because I, all, all I knew is that if, <laughs> if we had had something like that 25 years ago, if we had a book about sort mm. of, right, um, yeah. that would have helped us tremendously. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I figured if, if I needed it, Probably somebody else needed it, or could you make use of it? And you know, it it took a long time to put together, but um, nevertheless, it was out there, and I felt you know, I felt good about it. And then it started to, you know, you, you start to get. I mean, th- getting introduced to this CMV Facebook group would never have happened if that person hadn't got the book, right? And then it kind of it all the all these steps happened after that.
1: Wayne, yeah. you 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 know that you have to jump in, or I'll just completely dominate the questions <laughs> right throw
2: a slipper at me <laughs> uh, actually it it's interesting um as i'm i'm listening uh myself that um the adversity that you've gone through and um there's a great video on your website a soaring Families website and it's about 12 minutes long and i could not believe the adversity and the challenges when ben is born in the the directness that a, a doctor delivers a message to you. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, you, you get through that, you get through that. And then after 10 years, I think it was of, of servicing and helping and doing everything you can for each other. High school sweethearts, by the way, um, they, uh, that sol- solidarity, then come to find out that you get diagnosed with cancer. Then, <laughs> uh, what, what I get a strong sense of was how important it is that you decided, look, there's got to be other people out there like us that just don't know who to turn to, what to do. And it was so powerful when I watched that. And uh, how, how important is that to you to share that, to get that out there?
4: I, I mean, that's why I do it. You know, it's, it's not to, you know, say, look how much we've overcome, but it's more of you can do this too. And here are some of the things we've learned, you know, more by trial and error than anything. There wasn't any sort of handbook and say, so you do these 10 things and everything will work out. Um, but in, on the other hand, we've learned that here are some, here's these 10 things you can do that can really help you um, and sort of apply in, in your situation. And really that's, you know, there's, it, I mean, no, no question, life is still hard. There, there's lots of things we still have to overcome every day and still to try to find the energy every day. But I mean, Ben's the one who kind of pulls us through every time. Um, and so, from from just these you know interactions we've had with the you know I guess hundreds of families over the years, they need something or they're looking for something, and you know th- there's stuff that we need to share. We don't need to keep it within ourselves. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it's uh, you know we're we're cautiously optimistic that Soaring Families itself will be you know fun thousands, hundreds of thousands of families joining over the, you know, the coming years, because it will start to, they'll start to see the benefit of it. We'll learn from it and they'll learn from it and hopefully it'll grow from there.
1: So, and that's different than the book, right? It is. So maybe maybe the the listeners would appreciate the understanding what Soaring Families is.
4: So Soaring Families is, Jan and I wanted to find a way to, you know, share all that we've learned and try to find a, you know, something that was different from you know there's lots of Facebook groups out there and those are those are good but this was more sharing knowledge and 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 sort of training and education and also a way for other families to um, connect with one another and so it, it, it's in its infancy but uh, we we tackle I guess there, there's a number of challenges that families that would have be impacted by a disability would face um, and we focus on three of them one is around caregiving because that's always a, a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we're finding is, as we get older, what we thought we could do 20 years ago, it just doesn't happen anymore. Um, the others around coping, because that's a big thing. And, and nobody really taught us how to get through these things. Mm-hmm. Um, some, I don't know, there was some divine intervention or something that kind of helped to pull us through. And, and sort of the lessons we've learned is we want to share with those. And the other part is, I mean, our life is full of, or used to be, Less, less now, uh, doctor visits or healthcare professionals. And how do you go into any one of those situations and come away with something positive? Because most of the time, it's not. And that you, you just have one more thing you have to worry about or you, know, you have a panic rush to the ER. How do you pull something positive out of that or how do you get through those things? So those are the areas that we're trying to focus on because they tend to be, I guess, more common and something that people can take away right away.
2: Well, I just, uh, there's even a a PDF, I mean, it it seems so obvious, but even a a PDF document that you have online to help you find that caregiver, to help ferret out, you know, you talked in in the video, I I mean, uh, you can pick somebody, there's, there's ups and downs with that. And how do you go about that? And I found that even if somebody did go to the site you, the, you know how open you are you shared about you know your your life is now public in the book but even also uh, on your site assisting families the idea of um having somebody download information to 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 get what they need and that openness that you have that they must just feel so appreciative to uh, to to get that help they need they must be looking just what you were going through years ago themselves when they start to find you?
3: What we're trying to focus on in Soaring Families is to be very authentic and real to what we've experienced. And it's not something that is intended to be uh, perfect in the sense of, you know, the podcast that we produce or the videos that we have online. Um, it's It's meant to be the truth of, of what we've experienced and sharing that information. And, um, you know, I mean, Mike talked about the fact that, you know, it's focused on caregivers and it's focused on coping and and on doctor's visits. One of the things that we emphasize is that the very simplest of events can make a big difference. For example, uh, Ben has a limited amount of medications. He doesn't take many, fortunately, but he has three that he takes on a daily basis. And he has some allergies. So what we learned was that um, we would capture that information on a laminated card and we keep a copy of it everywhere in our wallets, in his book bag. And then if there's ever a time when he's in front of a doctor or in an emergency situation, you don't have to call on memory to think, how many milligrams of that particular drug does he take? Mm -hmm. You just pull the card out of your wallet. Mm -hmm. Well, there's nothing genius about that. But if everyone did that... How much easier would it be as we go through doctors' visits,
1: whether you have a child with special needs or not, or not (laughs) exactly (laughs) for yourself? That's just (laughs) it for anyone. I I was
3: just thinking of the real practical
1: nature, you know, of a lot of this is you know can be so helpful, Um, um, you know, and and that and that's funny that 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 um, you know you had to go through your experience to have very practical things to help, like tools, almost if you will, right? Right. Mm. But you know, but sometimes that's how. You know, innovation happens, right? Where like you if you don't have to deal with it, you don't think about it until you need to think about it, right? Right, precisely. And, then, and so, why? How do we be, pro- be proactive, right? Um, <clears throat> I'm guessing that there's a lot of advice you guys could give to folks that maybe don't have have child. You know, they're just families that are living with verse You know, any kind of like it, you know, it shows up in a whole bunch of ways, and uh, you know, challenges in, in life and that sort of thing. So is it? So is Soaring Families just for uh, parents and families? with kids that have special needs, or do you think there's a more um, universal application?
4: Truthfully, I mean, the, it's, it's not necessarily focused on a particular disability, so the answer is yes. Um, however, you know, we, we um, I guess our experience comes from the world of disability. So, um, but nevertheless, the, the things that we present to people and, you know, just coping in general. Right. Um, That's what, yeah, is, exactly. is universal, right? right? I don't want to set my sights too high. I, you know, but uh, <laughs> absolutely. There, there's nothing. There's nothing specific about that. Nor is it, uh, you know, a lot of things you'll see, will be caregiving for, you know, um, you know, uh, a senior parent or something. We don't necessarily talk about that. Right. Um, but the the principles and sort of the tips that are there are no different.
1: Well, and the reason I ask is that I, I as I was reading the story, <clears throat> the three, you know, um, kind of typically healthy children, if that's the language you'd use, I don't know, uh, and uh, um, but I found it, you know, helpful for me to think of, you know, the challenges that are relative to them, and you know, and how do we support and right. and um, um, we're lucky enough to have a seven-week-old baby in our world. Uh, this is a big surprise to us. Nice, <laughs> ten and seven <seven-year-olds. laughs> Well, that threw things a little <laughs> wrench yeah. into the plans, right? And uh, and and I mean, at this very moment. Um, you know, I'm looking, um, a little, I, 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 am looking and feeling a little older than I am because I'm not (laughs) sleeping four hours a night. Um, you know, it's a different type of challenge, but you know, yet how do we cope through that and how do we become stronger for it? So I guess my point is if someone's listening to this, I think I'll just give you my, my perspective was that I think it's, it's, it's really helpful information and just to hear, you know, I guess the thing I was really struck by that, um, that you guys are still married. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like, tell me about it. Yeah. Like, I mean, how wow. So, how challenging is that on a marriage?
3: Yeah, that's that's a, an interesting question. One that we've we've been asked many times. Um, I think one of the you know people ask the question of what what do you miss in life when you have a child with such significant challenges? interesting. And Mm. uh, the word that I would use is that you lose the ability to be carefree in that you can't make a decision or you can't uh, plan anything unless you really plan. Mm. There's nothing that's spur of the moment, Mm. if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, And in earlier days... Um, when Ben's situation was very bad, um, you know, I would go into the laundry room to put in a load of clothes and Mike would just come in so that we could steal five minutes just to talk to each other and have a moment of quiet, which was really sad that we had to have that moment of quiet in the laundry room. But that was part of the coping that we looked for snippets of time Mm -hmm. to connect with each other, Mm -hmm. which isn't any different from any other family that has you know, many little ones running around. So, mm-hmm. you, to your point made earlier, I think we all, as a society, need to focus on how to develop coping skills, and take that beyond to how do we sustain relationships that are important to us.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, and you're yeah, like I, I, that resonates with me. He's finding <laughs> that five minutes and maybe right. over over a, a washing machine. Yeah. <clears throat> And, and and again, not having the the near the, the challenges you guys kind of went through. Um, and another question I have, and I, I'll pass it over to you, Wade. But I'm just wondering, like, and, and to the degree you'd be, you'd be comfortable sharing this, is like, how are your other kids doing through this? Because um, you have, I believe, two other children. Two others, right? yeah. Yeah. Like, how how what was that experience for, or has been, or is, or yeah. was for
3: them? That was always um, always top of mind for us as to how how it 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 would impact their lives. Um, they don't remember life without Ben. Connor was just over three when he was born, and Tori was two. Mm. And so, so th- they're three and two at the time. Yeah, yeah. So that. they were little, you know, stepping stones. Um, and so they um, they don't remember life without him. Um, and as as time passed, there were things that happened that sort of drew our attention to that. For example, when Connor was five. He said to us as Christmas was coming, you know, I want Santa to bring me an ambulance because we always have an ambulance at our house. Okay. And I thought, mm. oh no, is that how he really feels? Mm. But it was the excitement of the lights and, you know, that was sort of part of his life. Um, and then as they started developing friendships and, you know, other kids would drop into the house and as kids do, they would stare at Ben and sort of wonder what was going on and um, Connor or Tori's answer was, oh, that's just my brother, Ben. He he does that, whatever it was he was doing, either not talking or not walking. And so they took that as the norm. Um, Whereas we grew up in a society, you know, in the 70s, where you never saw a child in a wheelchair, let alone, you know, uh, have a child in a wheelchair in school. Um, So I think in many ways it enriched their lives and it made them certainly more tolerant and I think it helped them with developing coping skills because they saw us having to cope. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as I said, that's one of the greatest gifts that we can give our kids is, is learning the, the means to be, to cope with whatever life presents to you. Absolutely. And that's what we hope to share.
2: Yeah. Uh, Dave, I, I mean, I'm just stunned here. I'm humbled by the adversity and, and how they, every day is a challenge and, uh, how you keep growing and, as yourselves and. Uh, the organization, the different things you want to do. And even Ben, he's in university, is that? He is. Yeah. And how's he doing?
4: He's, uh, I mean, every day it's it's—it's quite amazing. And the, uh, um, he didn't have any ability to communicate. Um, he doesn't speak, um, but he didn't have anybody to communicate until he was, you know, the age of 19. And so we kind of all always thought that he was—he understood everything you said to him. He just couldn't respond in the way that you could interpret what he wanted to do or what he wanted to say. And um, since then, we've, you know, we searched out people who could help. We found people who could help. And uh, he now has an electronic communication device. And so that has enabled him to communicate or, or to say what's on his mind and be able to you know, attend university and pass course, university courses. So our, our theory about he understands everything was proven to be true. And so even if it weren't, there were, there were, I mean, there's no downside to assuming that, right? So if we, so we always kind of say, well, we'll assume greatness and kind of expect greatness and see what happens. Absolutely. Versus, well, you know, he's limited by this. We'll just try to draw a box around it and all, he could never do that. You know, I mean, obviously there are things that he's not going to, you know, compete in the Boston marathon. However, there's lots of other things he could do. Right. So,
1: um, <clears throat> well, and, and I assume greatness, what a great I know strategy for life, right? It, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. for all yeah. of us, I mean, yeah. uh, independent of, uh, anything else. I mean, it's just a wonderful statement about how to live and, um, um, so we, we were, I mean, there's so much more we could talk about, um, like things like, um, and maybe for another podcast, because sometimes we bring people, you know, like there's another piece of this where, uh, that, that, you know, just in, and how I've known you, Mike is, um, you know, just wanting to take this to another level, bring us to a broader audience, you know, and kind of some of the lessons learned around that for, for another time, you know what I mean? Just in yeah. terms of, um, you know, is there an audience out there and, and that really applies to business. In my mind, because a lot of times we're bringing an idea forward and we're not sure does it have any <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> any traction in the marketplace, and you don't know what you don't know until you take that first step. And it just is a, I think there's a, a great story around that as well. Sure. Um, <clears throat> any final thoughts from you guys? Anything that you want to share, like in terms of how people can connect with you, or uh, um, I know you certainly said the Facebook page, but just any kind of final thoughts for listeners in terms of uh, a call to action or.
4: Well, we are actively uh, growing soaringfamilies.com. dot um, There's we're focused first on caregiving, and there's actually a full training course. On it takes sort of the nineteen tips and takes it to another level and takes you step by step on how to do it. Um, and that's kind of the it's kind of going to grow from there. And there'll be similar things around coping and, and the other areas that we're uh, uh, we're focusing on. And
1: when does that when does that all start the training? Is it? Is uh, there, the or, the is
4: caregiving it? one's there now. Okay. Yeah, is it, it's, so is
1: it on a, like a webinar format or is it? Uh, uh, no, it's a,
4: da- it's a, it's a downloadable, it's a paid for course. It's not very much money, but okay. it's, yeah. it's, um, there are, we call it the caregiver support formula because there's a caregiving side to it yeah. as a course. And there's also all the tools and templates and things that we use to kind of make it all come together. Okay. Cause once you get down the road, you realize it's easily to become lost. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're hiring a babysitter as an example, so.
1: Okay, so soaringfamilies.com, mm-hmm. uh, S-O-A-R-I-N-G I-N-G, families, families, I-E-S.com. Yep. I-E-S. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, so at this point, we say goodbye to our guests, and typically they're not standing watching us and sitting right beside us, um, and you, you're, you're allowed to, um, to heckle us all you want in the next little <laughs> segment here. <laughs> no Feel problem. free to do that. But um, we, we like to do takeaways. So Wayne, what takeaways from this interview?
2: This is surreal. I'm driving into St. John. It's raining all the way here. I get to West St. John. And all of a sudden, it's beautiful. I come over the last few rolling hills. And all I can think of was that song as I'm listening to you is the one that I see clearly now. Mm. You know, so adversity Mm. and how to see that vision. And it's strange. I didn't put the two together until just listening to you folks. So it's amazing that they're here to share that story and adversity and... It's great stuff, very powerful.
1: I would say that anyone that comes to St. John would find it's always clear and sunny, right? <laughs> Especially on the west side. Maybe not, very foggy city. Um, yeah. So for me, big takeaway is just um, I-, I love the greatness idea. Mm. You know, assume yeah. greatness. Like cause I just think that's a beautiful idea in all of us, and uh, and we're all on this planet together. And I just I just think that's uh, I- I'm just gonna take that and and uh, and go for it because it's so easy to, to focus on people's limitations or our own limitations for that matter
2: exactly right? so uh, cool well how do you feel as guest host good uh, where is Greg anyway is he like in the Caspian uh, Sea chasing dolphins around or what he, he I, or
1: he's a, I think he's summoning Everest or something uh, right. like that that's uh, right I get him mixed up sorry he's, he's yeah. doing something but he's listening to this and he's and, he's, and, <laughs> and thank you for mentioning him because he'd be frustrated if we, no. we haven't thrown him to the bus yet that's for next so that's for next one I'll okay. see you
2: next week See you next week. Okay. Thanks, Wayne. Thanks.
0: Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleash.ca or visioncoachinginc.com. And on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter Thanks for listening, and remember, keep that pot boiling.